They call it the spring of deception, Johnny, is what I've it's heard. It's a false start. Yeah, let's talk about that. On a, on a last week, a frozen, frigid tundra day. Yeah. This week, now we're all sneezing like crazy. Eight, then 80, same week. Yeah, like you and I called each other. We had the COVID call. Yeah, I was like, hey, how are you feeling? You're like, how are you feeling? I was like, yeah. I'm not feeling great. I was being evasive, and I apologize. <laughs> I think I wanted you to say, hey, I'm symptomatic. So that you Before could blame I, me. Yeah, so I could be like, you dirty you rotten. ruined my... But I was going to be like, where do you think I got it? From you. You're the only guy I go see. That's not true, John. I You're mean, out really. there running the roads. <laughs> pastoring people. But it turns out it was just... Because my voice felt weak, but it turns out it was just allergies. I so. had like a cough that I woke up with, and I thought, this is it. This is the dry COVID cough, and uh, which is also a Russian a figure skater. <laughs> <laughs> Dry, dry, dry COVID cough. Dry COVID cough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, wow. no, he uh, uh, he used to wrestle Nikita Koloff uh, back in Starcade. If you remember old school wrestling, it was Nikita and Dry COVID cough. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, so I woke up with that and I was like, "This is it," and it. I hadn't really felt anything quite like it, so I thought, well, I'm going to have a fever next. Yeah. I got up, and the cough went away in like an hour, and then I rode my bike that day, like on the trail, and I I never coughed again, and I didn't have a fever the rest of it. So I was like, I'm good. And then the next day, I was fine. Yeah. So it was just a false alarm. But um, We did have a 40-degree swing that day. We did, and that's yeah. probably what it was, yeah. and I have a lot of pet hair in my home. Oh, uh, I have, I have, I'm getting. You mean like hair that you keep as pets? Or right. Do you mean uh, that's what we call them. Yeah. Like a pet rock. We, <laughs> it's a chia pet. <laughs> I, we, we have rescues. You know this, right? Right. Uh, and people love patting themselves on the back, by the way. <laughs> Our dogs are rescues. I don't know if you bought from a breeder, but you're a monster. <laughs> you bought from a puppy mill. I'm a good person. I saved a dog's life. But John, right. honestly, if I'm real, my dogs rescued me. Because oh, wow. because we were starving and they're oh. delicious. It's been a tough year with the COVID. No, we only ate the big one. No, my dogs are great and I love them more than anything. But they, every decision it feels like in our home is about the dogs and the dog hair. And yeah. the dog, like we have hardwood that we installed in our home when we, because they were building our home when we bought it. They hadn't finished it. We were buying in a, in a new neighborhood. Yeah. So they weren't finished. It was that, that, that time frame where they're done with all the decisions of structure, right. but you can get in and go, I want the walls to be this color if you bought then. And so we did. And so we said, hey, we want hardwood in the, all the downstairs rooms except for like where we can close a door. Right. I like, I love carpet. I'm a carpet guy. Yeah. But you can't have carpet if you have inside dogs. It's just, it's a non-starter. And so we made this decision. Are you opening a brew over there? John's, John's having the Milwaukee's best over there. <laughs> so it's just, it's just a Coke Zero. <laughs> Whatever. Milwaukee's <dude>. best. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's to good friends. And then what the commercial was? Tonight's kind of special. I don't know. Round of fire. So all that said, that was like a $5,000 decision. Yeah. Like if we had just said whatever you put in standard carpet over the concrete slab, yeah, or the hardwood uh, subfloor. You don't know how houses work. I don't think. 
Well, I'm saying it wasn't a slide. I just remembered it was a crawl space. A, I've never been in my crawl space, so it's hard for me to remember it's a crawl space house because I just don't go in there. Have you ever been in your crawl space? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I hate it. In but there. you can kind of stand up in my crawl That's space. That's what I'm saying. I'm 6'4". I mean, don't stand up all the way. You hit your head, but you, you know, you... I don't think I could stand up. It's, it's a, it's a... You might be able to, your stumpy self might be able to stand up in your crawl space, but my... It's a hunch over space more okay. than a crawl space. Yeah. So. There's bugs and stuff, I, I'm afraid. Yeah. So I've never been in, so it's hard for me. But anyway, all that said, those kind of decisions, you just go, yes, because you know I'm going to have... I have to rent the carpet cleaner. And you did this for dogs. I did it for dogs. Right. Yeah. So all that said, now we've got the Roomba that does yeah. the hardwood and the surfaces, but it doesn't get the the headboards and the shelving and the, there's a lot of dander. Yeah. So it could be that there's a buildup is what I'm saying. Well, we have. You have I, children that you make your life decisions. We around, have. Hyper- it's different. You have a child and you go, hey, I got to protect, I got to plug in all the. You know, when you have a baby, you have to put all the outlet covers on and do yeah. all that. So I'm not. So I'm not trying to pretend like it's the same thing. No, but we have dogs that that greatly affect our lives way too much, and it bugs us too every day. Like right now, it we bugs have... me, but I'm not trying to get out of it. No, I just I'm, we're 100 percent getting a golden doodle when these dogs die. <laughs> You're just gonna give I'm up on rescuing. To, I'm not trying to expedite <laughs> their deaths, but we're not. Listen, you know when you get a car, and you get to a point with that car where you're not, you're not like ready to. Give up on it, but you're like, I ain't fixing anything. Like, I don't care else. what Dave Ramsey said. I want a payment. No, you're like, I'm not fixing anything else on this car. I'll say that. Like you're yeah. not, you've not decided to go trade it in yet. But you said, if something breaks, it's over. Like Toby, our our lab pit mix. We had it. We, we rescued him. He was two or three by, by our best metrics that we could figure out. He tore um, like a mani- reading test. Yeah, the yeah, colors. Yeah. yeah, right. He tore. He said everything's gray. We're like, <laughs> you're you're hired. He tore his ACL or whatever, and it was a twenty five hundred dollar. It's a fifty dollar dog, John. And you paid twenty five hundred dollars. Well, he was three. If he was eleven, like oh. if he tore it now, I'd be like, dude, you're carrying that leg until you fall out. Like it- that's not happening. So he tears the thing. So he fix it with a, what they call a tightrope surgery. They kind of simulate a ligament by like the surgeon board. stands. They he does. <laughs> they they balance. They use Toby over their shoulder and they do a trapeze. No, he they bore a hole in your upper and lower leg bones and stretch a piece of Kevlar rope between them. And it simulates the ligament that's been torn, basically. Wow. Because they can't fix a dog's ligament. Because think about it, you can't keep a dog off of its leg long enough to heal. Man, that'll preach. You know, it's like why you have to shoot horses when they break their legs because they won't stay off their legs. Okay. You have to just go, I have to kill you now. So This is dark. Where <laughs> It's like, you know those people that say, like, a sprain is worse than a break? Not to horses. <laughs> horses are like, it's a sprain! I'll walk this off! <laughs> Put down the gun! <laughs> but, so, all that said, then, the next, listen, this is true, he's three. Then when he's four, he starts carrying the leg again. We're like, no way. Surely this tightrope surgery's got a guarantee. It slipped or whatever. Yeah. It was the other leg. Oh. Two of them. Wow. Five, we have a $5,050 dog. <laughs> <laughs> so. You've already paid way more than I ever did. For right. My, so right. all that said, yeah. he knows now, like we have a deal. Look, Toby, if you. you better, nothing and, else better happen. That's right. Your warranty is up, bro. Right. And right. so I'm ready to, I'm not ready to move on because I love my dogs, but He's I'm ready. He's out of pocket max. He has. Right. 
I'm ready for just a, like a fluffy fozzy bear that doesn't shed, like what you have. Yeah. But not little. I don't want a purse dog. I want like a big dog that I can wrestle with. Okay, first of all, they're more like wallet dogs. They're little boys. Yeah, they're little dogs. And uh, not purse. Maybe I could. I just I need masculine. a dog that there's something to them because I want to. Oh, I want to. Listen, them. Ace will rip your face right off. He may be 12 pounds. Of fury. He's, a lot, he's a lot of fun, actually. But he I'm run, sure. He, he runs the yard like that. He owns the place, barking at the chickens and whatnot. He's gonna, you have chickens in your yard? There are chickens in our neighbor's yard behind us. I thought you lived in like a nice neighborhood, John. Is it just there's no rules? I'm in there's the, no HOA? I'm in the county. Oh. That is a nice neighborhood. But these are not like chickens in the yard is like I would think of like more East Nashville, like those kind of people, hipstery people. Wow, those kinds of people. Huh? Why would there be free-range wow. chickens in your yard? They raise chickens right behind us. I mean, they they have they have chickens in they they have like they do five it for, acres. They do it for eggs. They they want their own eggs. Yeah, they have eggs. And they're, they, they try to sell you eggs. They give us eggs sometimes. Well, nice. yeah. It's like five acres, man. Like it's it's not like. So my brother had the chickens with the eggs, and then he got out of it quick. Which he, he real, which came first? Was it the, and the, the my brother, brother? Came, my brother came okay. first, right. then the Good. chickens, <laughs> then the decision that this was a horrible mistake. <laughs> no, he tried. He got the somebody gave him a coop, I think, or said, "Hey, if you can come pick this up, it's eighty bucks or something." He went and got it. The chickens came with it, and then he was just like constantly chicken poop is all over his property because they just run free yeah. and just poop everywhere. Well, they have fence. They have some fence. Chicken fence. It's like the invisible fence. They just put a little band around no, the leg. No, no, no. <laughs> chicken wire. <laughs> some call it, but yeah. yeah. So. But he decided, I think, for him that it wasn't worth the eggs. But he told me something about the eggs I did not know. Do you know you don't have to refrigerate the eggs until you wash them? Yeah, it's true. I didn't. What is that? That doesn't even make any sense to me. Uh, so if you just keep a casing of dirt, it's like your car. The dirt is holding the the integrity of the eggs in some way. Yeah. It's like ketchup. I don't understand ketchup. Refrigerate after opening. Isn't it? Does that not blow your mind? Why? Doesn't doesn't it have to do with pasteurization? It's, but it, no, but not with ketchup. You don't pasteurize ketchup, do you? I think so. Anyway, you're. It's but I'm preserved. Saying, it's stealth stable. It's stealth. But it's shelf stable but, until. But then once it reaches but it's air, sealed. But it's sealed still. Johnny's making so many motions with his hands right now. I wish you could the see. The cap. I'm, <laughs> pushing down on, I'm pushing down on a cap. It's like canning something. Yeah. Because it's sealed. So you can have a can. You don't have to. Well, like my protein shakes that I get, I just had some ordered through Amazon because I can't ever find them at, at Kroger now. So Amazon also steals hot dogs from people. <laughs> but I ordered them and they don't have to be refrigerated at all, ever. Like I put them in the fridge because I want them to be cold when I drink them. Yeah. But you don't ever, ever have to. Wow. And it's like, that lets you know, this is not food you're putting in your body. It's like, this is, it's you're like drinking m- chemicals. You don't do coffee, but mini moose. Okay. Which we have around the church, you know. A little dairy, non-dairy cream. Yeah, you don't have to refrigerate those. And it really bothers me. Now, I drink them, but it bothers yeah. me. Because yeah, you're like, this while, is supposed to be milk, but you'll it's. You'll get one and it's expired and you're like, man, we should have refrigerated this. Like, your hand's shaking as you pour it. Like, is this Okay. It's dairy. Sometimes you have to try to. Sometimes I, I can't tell if one is like expired or if yeah. it's just set too long, and so like I'm stirring it, and there's like these little floaty things in the coffee, and you're like, <sighs> I can't, you know. But if you if you want it bad enough, you just coffee do it. shouldn't be chewy, right? It's very where I come from. Yeah, you don't want to. We come from the same place. That's not a piece of candy in the bottom. You know what I'm no. saying? That's, like the yoo-hoo when you didn't shake it. That's a <laughs> curded. My wife will still. She hates Yoo-Hoo. I told you I got Sadia Yoo-Hoo on a beach did it trip. Stop recording? No. Okay, I thought it did. I got Sadia Yoo-Hoo on a beach trip several years back. What did she think? She loved it. Of course. Yeah. It's not. I wouldn't describe it as anything. Cl- it's got its own flavor. It's not like drinking chocolate milk. 
It's like a thinner version, sweeter. Yeah. It's it's not real. Like it's one of those things you're eat it's not like the Matrix. It's like you're going, This is good and I like it, and it's a hundred percent just chemicals. <laughs> this is like right, my brain's they telling made this me in a, yeah, they this, made this yes, right. right. Yeah. They made this in a lab. Yeah. It's like there's certain foods you just have to accept what you are by do by eating them. Like yeah, when I, I eat meatloaf, I'm like, I love meatloaf and I'm white trash. Listen, meatloaf, like, meatloaf man, is. I'm sorry, meatloaf's terrific. It's it great. It's 100% great. The ketchup glaze, all of it. All and of it's, it. When you say ketchup glaze, you've it, entered into it, a world where. What? Okay. This is not hot. This tomato is not, sauce glaze. You could just call it something different, Johnny. You know, a little uh, bit of sugar. What do they call it? You know, they. Uh, I was, I'm watching The Sopranos, going back and watching Sopranos on oh, HBO. Okay. And they keep saying gravy. Well, gravy is tomato sauce in Italian culture. I didn't know that. So they huh. say, I'll get the gravy. And that's that's what they put over the noodles. Wow. So gravy to them is a whole different thing than it is to Southerners. Like marinara. Marinara is gravy. Yeah. Yeah. So like their word sounds less Italian yeah, than ours. Somehow. Right. Wow. But you um, know, I, the thing about the food, and it's funny you'd say that, because there is a food that I went off on. This week, because I don't know if you if you know you went this. off on a food. You're like you rutabagas. <laughs> if I ever, I went off to my wife about it because it really bothers me. It, it it reinforces every single part of American stereotypical negative culture. Yeah. Okay, American cheese. Yeah. You realize it's just like another form of Velveeta. It's just made different. American cheese. So yeah. if I say Gruyere. Then I know it's a French cheese or Italian. Sorry, honey, if you're listening. Oh uh, man, you've already really blown butchered it. this. Or mozzarella. <laughs> like I know it comes from a certain kind of milk and you know, goat cheese. If all right. these cheeses, if you say American cheese, yeah, it's processed. Yeah, just like, even, if you look at the package, it won't even say cheese. It'll say cheese food. Well, that's what Velveeta says. No, like singles, American too. Like Kraft singles. So you were telling me there's not a there's nothing cheese about there's American cheese. cheese. Like if you buy Kraft cheese, that's just cheese slices. It's a different texture. But if you buy like singles, Kraft singles, yeah, that says American cheese food. Yeah, okay. it's I, like when you see chocolatey on your cereal, like chocolatey coated. Right. Flakes. You're like, well, that's not chocolate. Right. Or you get the fruit flavored and it says does not actually contain fruit juice. It looks like a grapefruit flavor. And you're <laughs> like, I just, it bugs me. I'm like, yeah. I've always liked American cheese. And now I'm like, I wish it was real cheese. This whole I time, it, I guess I thought, yes, this is how we make cheese. But we make it in a factory. I don't even know if we use real milk. I, or, I don't know, guys. We, it bugs me. It doesn't bug me because I like the taste of American cheese, and so I'm just okay with it being garbage. I just and that that I am garbage. We for are gar- it. we 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 eat a lot of garbage, Johnny. We do, and um, I'm trying to on eat, the. I eat less garbage now. But yeah. <sighs> Not me. L- listen, I do. I eat still eat garbage, but I eat less of the garbage. When the snow week happened, yeah, it was like the holidays returned. Yeah, well, COVID was that for a lot of people. Oh yeah, I did. Because it was the like the long nuclear and, winter yeah. of being in your attic, and like you got to the end of Netflix somehow. You're like, we've reached the end of right. Netflix, and all your snacks are gone. Yeah, yeah. And, and all hope was gone. Like you, you reached like this. I did. I did pretty well the first like six months, and then it started in the fall. The wheels started coming off. Yeah, and so, but we went on this trip to Louisville uh, for this distance volleyball tournament. Why do you? Why are you going to say that? Because I'm, I want everybody to know it's not just you. There's millions are, of people but listening. Kids are playing sports. It's not like you're they have being to wear masks. reckless during the game. Uh, some teams do. Ours don't, but you have to wear them on the sidelines. When you get in the See, game, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. You're well, out there sweating with other people on them. 
near them. The sweating doesn't. Now I got to go sit. I'm saying you're breathing close to them, and then I'll go sit and pretend. That, I'll pretend the science matters now. You like take, either the masks work or they don't. You though. take the chance though that you're only because it's a volleyball. You're not breathing on the other team. They're on the other side of the but court. But it surfaces. It's the whole thing. It's your either own, the surfaces no, matter or they they're don't. They're cleaning the surfaces the whole time. You're they're not clean. cleaning the volleyball every point though. It doesn't listen. It, the odds are statistically yeah. from what I have read. That I, someone just told you that, I just a, told you they didn't matter to me, and now I'm showing you right, why you're you. being very reckless. <laughs> Do you see how I can play both sides of something? I'm almost like a volleyball player. The odds of like someone who is infected breathing on a volleyball, no, no, touching no, the other but, side. Then we used to matter. wipe down all our groceries yeah, and but touch. That, and, but the whole surface thing is it, that kind of went away. It's it's not nearly as infectious. Did as Did it go away, or did we just realize that we were wrong about it? You know, I want to. I would like to speak. Are to we going to realize that we were wrong about masks? Too, I would though. like to speak to this for a second. Okay. I think that this has to do, and I'm I'm I, I, sorry. This is a thing for me. This is a thing. Like this is about, and I want you to let me finish before you freak oh, out on me. Gosh. Okay. I believe that there is an element, and I'm not being mean of complete American entitlement to the way that we have viewed how things work during the pandemic. And here is the reason why we assume that everything that happens immediately, this is our faith in science that whoever they are, quote unquote, the professors, the scientists, the viral, the viral people, virologists. Thank you. We assume epidemiologists, epidemiologists that they're supposed to know everything yeah. about a brand new thing that just surfaced. And people from the beginning have been so like, well, maybe this is not true. And then they freak out about it. And it's like, I don't know, guys, it's that. a global pandemic. Give us a, give I'm them not a doing minute. That. I'm not doing that. To, I'm to saying, I'm out. saying that then in the beginning they thought surfaces was everything. People yeah. were freaking out and leaving their groceries outside. Now they don't. So what if we find out that people are afraid to like freak out about uh, now I'm going to have to wear two masks and all that because they're like, what if we find out down the road that it wasn't even helping? But anyone? they've already proved masks. Once that's the point, when they had enough time, enough data, they've proven what masks do. But I'm saying in a, sport, greatly- in a sport, I can give you that. But in a sports context, I don't understand. Here's I watch the NBA. I'm a huge NBA guy. Yeah. The NBA games happen like this. Teams fly to the other city now because there's not a bubble this year. And they go, they, they sweat all over each other. It's a very close contact sport. When they go to the bench, they are required to sit six feet from the nearest player to them. And they put on their mask and they have to keep their mask on. It makes zero sense. When they go to embrace the other players after the game, there are now security guards that come and break up that embrace. After they've been playing right After next you've to been them. guarding the guy yeah. all game. No, that, it that makes can, you look like you don't care about the science because you're now being ridiculous. Okay, that I can buy. Okay, that one, that's all I'm saying. That one scenario. But the idea that because they figured out that the surface transfer was not as big of a deal as the aerolized transfer. Once we, uh, once we sold 50 million Clorox wipes, by the way. Okay, my gosh. You're such Clorox a Clorox is behind this, but, bro. But the idea that, that that suddenly means we can't trust any of the science. It's like I'm not saying we can't science trust science. Science evolves. I'm what if I'm just saying I don't trust you? Well, that might be. That, that's probably that a good a idea. Thing. I mean, yeah. it just it keeps evolving. But here's the thing. It. I will say this about masks. If someone's like, well, we, we don't know, if nothing stops everything except complete isolation. It just diminishes. Again, this is why, like I've said a hundred times, and you're going to laugh, if you have a surgeon, he wears a mask since like 1901. Like, just because you don't That's want him. That's an old surgeon. I don't want him cutting <laughs> on me, bro. He's shaky. <laughs> He, he was a surgeon in 1901. <laughs> anyway, I just, it's like, yes, it just diminishes. Could you still get it with a mask? Yes, sure. I get it. I wear the mask, John. I'm not Johnny, fighting the mask. Johnny, put your mask on. I'm not fighting you. Yeah. Okay. 
I am traveling this weekend, though, so I am definitely have the mask. I'm okay with it if they keep masks on in planes uh, in perpetuity. Really? Yeah, I'm okay with it. But your plane's your safest place. That's where the recycling Yeah, but it's just the like air. there's been sick people on planes giving me flu probably for ages Years. anyway. I just didn't know it. Now it's like it's a little bit more of a... Do you know what I had installed in my house? Uh, I don't know. It's called... It, the Vaccinator 5000. <laughs> It's called it's, a, it's an ionization machine. Oh boy! Is this an ad? Is this a paid ad? Uh, no. Well, my brother is an engineer, you know, and so he told yeah. me that he installed this in his house, and he does. They build huge commercial buildings. It's every commercial building now that we build, we're right. installing these. It electrifies the air and kills all the. Things. It basically neutralizes like either the. But it uses like positive ionization charge. Yeah, it's an ionization. Thing. It basically electrifies the air. No, and kills things. The stuff that comes through the through the unit. Yeah. what it does is it it like neutralizes. But like how is it neutralizing? It's using an electric charge of some kind, right? It's ionization. But that's what it is. Isn't that what ionization is? It it basically like renders one you, of the molecules. Okay. Either there's a positive and a negative. It renders one of them. And how does it render? I don't know. If it's it not uses, a filter though. It's not like you have to filter. It's a not filter. electrifying the air. I think. It's, I don't think that that's possible. Because listen. I think it is. I think it's releasing on, ionization. Is releasing some sort of ion mm-hmm. in the form of <laughs> <laughs> an electric charge. Hold on, Cap- I'm going to look it up. Captain Planet. I'm out. Really... How how is Bill Gates using this to track me? <laughs> how well? But the idea though is it doesn't just kill. Although we've been sneezing more since we put it in, so I'm not I'm not game yet. But my brother said he stopped sneezing, so it's not just like COVID. It does kill COVID. They have all this data. But it kills, like, allergens and stuff, too. Johnny, you should put it in there with all the dander and stuff. You think it would just, I wouldn't have to dust? Cause you, I, you might. <laughs> well, the dust wouldn't bother you as bad because it, it neutralizes uh, the, it's supposed to, like, but again, they're putting it. Would, it I would still have a hair all over my shirt, but it wouldn't bother me as much. Right, right. The dander just, would, would be. It would look socially unacceptable, but. Yes. I would look like it was an Angora sweater, great. but it wasn't, yeah. Dude, you do want a dog that, listen, get, what, what kind are you getting again? Probably a doodle, some kind do of a doodle. Do it, man. You want a dog that doesn't shed, and poodles are so smart. I mean, they're so. I'm not Just saying a, Toby's not smart. <sighs> my niece has it. My niece has a ACLs doodle. Now, well, it's yeah. time. I mean, and now his front legs are getting like arthritic. Like if he wants to get into free agency, yeah, you know what I'm saying. He, it's hurting us. We've already got him on the franchise tag. There so. you go. I mean, this is his big payday year, but next year free agency, and we'll see what happens. He pays so much, and he has not delivered on the court. He doesn't do much of anything. <laughs> he's just—he's a cute—he's a cute dog. He's a sweet dog. But come on, dogs are a lot. I think if you're not a dog person, it's almost like not being a kid person. Because I'm not a—we didn't have my wife and I didn't have kids, and so it's like people think of you as being a certain type of person. Uh, if you go, well, the kids aren't for us or whatever. And, but but also, I have very little tolerance for people who just, like, really don't like dogs. They're uncomfortable with dogs. Not, like, scared of dogs because you might have had a bad experience. Right. But if you're just like, ooh, dogs, no thanks, and they won't even come to your house or whatever. Yeah. Like, then I'm like, ooh. So I think maybe that's what people think about me because I don't have kids. Like, I love kids, but it's not like – do they – I think I, I put out an energy of, like – I don't think you put out a negative vibe about kids. All right, good. I hope not because I really do uh, love kids. It sounds kids. like you have a negative vibe about kids. You just don't I put do. It out. I do. I'm trying to hide it. Right. And so I figured this was the best forum to let it – You're going to stay under the radar. This was the way to go. Yeah. What was the reason that I was talking about going to Louisville – Oh, for your volleyball, and I said, "Great, great job! You're not putting your kid at risk at all." Yeah, but what was the for other children? The, we were on a, a train uh, that got so derailed. There's no way you can always find the rabbit trail back. There You're a, John Driver. You there was speak a reason for a living. I was saying it for some reason. It was going to lead to something. Was it about dogs? 
I don't. That, I, can't, get, I can't think of a of, of a something that would connect. Well, tell me this: How was the tournament? Uh, it was good. They came in third out of four. No, <laughs> <laughs> no they made gold bracket. They won all their games the first gold day. Gold bracket. So that's the thing. There's four. There were 14 teams in their particular. In their 13 yeah. elites from all over, and they they won all their games except one. The first day they lost to who would be the eventual champion. And then the next day they lost to the second place team. So they were one game out of the championship. They're always one game right now. They mm. always meet the best team the game before the championship. Seems uh, like it happens always a Always the bridesmaid. Yeah. And so then, you know, that team was really good. But they played. Sadie played really well. Um, had some killer hits. But she's painting. She, she's lefty. So you, you, you would love that because you're a lefty. And she, so she plays front right because then she can hit left-handed to that back left corner. Yeah. And so you don't have a lot of kids that age who are doing that. So she was, I mean, the game I came to, she was nailing it. Yeah. She's got, she had like 10 in a row to win the game. Yeah. All her serves. Yeah. That was when I, uh, I dropped uh, your phone, dropped right, my phone right in the middle of the, <laughs> the penultimate point. You're like, all she has to do is get one more and nobody will be tired. Here's and, my dumb device on a metal bleacher. <laughs> I'm sorry. That she still made. That would have been like a childhood forming moment. It was like a slow mo of it falling. <laughs> bad. And that was the moment that Sadie did not become professional. <sighs> always All a bridesmaid. Of Uncle Johnny. You know, I had a friend uh, who we used to say was always a bridesmaid, but it was just because she had a lot of really ugly dresses. <laughs> what is it about that? The, the bride has to be the glowing. So yeah, you get, well, the, that's the, you that's get the fuchsia magenta dresses for your friends and be like, wear this, you hags. I don't, <laughs> and then you, you get you to look show better. Show me up. I don't know if that's just stereotypical thinking, but I have. I feel yeah. like that I've had women tell me that that's kind of true for some brides, not for all. But, the some, yeah, but it, it's true even if you don't – now, some brides, they don't care, but it's true. The tradition holds even if you don't feel that way, you still notice that it's a thing. You don't think, well, this must be a bridezilla. Look how ugly those – bridesmaid dresses are but it's just a thing that happens and i don't i don't know it it's it's yeah i wonder if it culturally is is uh has you know you know roots in something real or if it's just like they're the only color maybe you go well we're gonna add some color because he's wearing a black suit she's wearing a white dress we need some color and then they just say, what about fuchsia and then it just took off but there's still some ugly dresses bridesmaid dresses are usually pretty bad well, I mean, I've done a lot of weddings where they've been nice. I mean, they've... But not anything you would ever wear again. I mean, the big thing for the guys I've learned in the last several years... I, I know dresses, John. <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fashion I'm, mogul. I've heard a lot of guys complain. This is where we've come in society uh -huh. that the groom makes them buy this $200 suit they're going to wear yeah. one time. It is a bummer. Yeah. Well, you rent it. It's uh Well, no, a lot of them are buying them now. Oh, well, not this me. Is almost... You must know some higher upper crust <laughs> people. When somebody asked me to be in their wedding, especially when I was like really struggling and just work, like part-time comedy, part-time working at the church, somebody go, hey, you want to be in the wedding? I'd be like, oh, and you just kind of like, yeah. oh, man. Especially if it was just like, hey, we just want you to be an usher. Oh, like, you just worst. cost me 200 bucks. Can I just right. come to the thing and bring you a, a toaster? When you get to go to a uh, rehearsal dinner, but then you're going to offset that cost with the present you're going to Well, that buy. makes it sound like I only care about the thing. Obviously, it's an honor, you know, to be in somebody's no, nice wedding. No, nice safe, nice safe. But it, it's just a, I don't want anybody that I've been in their wedding. They're like, that's what he was <laughs> thinking this whole time. They're right all listening Yeah, they're all thinking. No, the only thing I did, did, did get a little bit wary of, not wary, but just like, uh, I don't, I'm not totally comfortable is I had... When I started comedy, there were a couple of people that were in our youth group and in my college group 
they would be like, will you do stand-up yeah. at a reception? And I did it for a couple people. And then after a while, I was like, this is going to run out. Like, I'm not going to be able to keep doing Especially this. Especially all the same people are coming. To this. Yeah, and it's just like, it's a stress. If you get through it once, you're like, uh, it feels like you got through a war. Because if you bomb at a wedding, they remember forever. There's video of it. Yeah. But so I was like, please. So I remember the last, I had a, a student get, uh, one of our college group kids got married in his 20s. And they said, I could tell they were getting ready to ask me. And I said, before you ask me this, I will give you the biggest wedding gift if you don't ask me to do stand-up at the wedding. And I did. Yeah. I think I gave them a 1000 bucks. Wow. To not do stand-up at their wedding. How many people right now are, are like, hey, Johnny, will you do Will you not do stand-up at my wedding? <laughs> Weddings are still the thing yeah. that I get most. And it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. I don't want to sound no, like that. No, but I get it, though, what you said. It's, it's just the stress of, like, you don't want to so let them down. Weddings it's not like me, an open. Yeah. It's not a good forum for comedy usually. The no. one I did it at, I did it at two different ones. I did the little thank you note thing bit with at Seth's and McKenna's wedding. That was a lot of fun because I got to write in that format of like the Jimmy Fallon thank you notes. Right, right. And they had some ideas, and I just helped punch them up. And then I did at Dane Allen's reception, yeah. who used to do the podcast with us. Dane, uh, and he's great. And it was, and I, that was the first one I did. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. And I just came up with a bunch of like off the fly stuff that I wrote the day of and it landed. And so I thought I got to get out. You want to get out while the getting is good. You know, you don't want to, you to quit while you're ahead kind of a thing. But when you do good, people go, Oh, well he did it here. He could do it at any wedding. See, it's like, imagine, that's not, I can't no. imagine the pressure. Weddings. Even me, singing at a wedding is, oh, singing, cause you know, like you hit a bad note. Worst. Yeah. You hit a bad note. Oh. It's, that's their day. Have you and I sang I'll Be Here Together at somebody's wedding? We've sang it at a couple. We did another song, a Stephen Curtis Chapman song. It's lesser known called uh, I, I Will, Will Go, Go There, there with, with You. you. Yeah. yeah. Did I play? Do we play two guitars or I play piano? That's a, It's almost like a conversation. I will be here. I will go there with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then another song, the follow-up, we went. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but yeah, um, you played piano maybe or we both played guitar i mean i'm telling you i think it might have i think there might have been a track oh no no there wasn't a track we wouldn't have done that i think it might have had a track john because uh, it, it's a big there's violins and instrumentation in that song man i hate singing at weddings just i'm not a good singer is the is the main reason john you're but you can get away singer. with stuff when you're a worship leader it's like look it's not about my performance but at a wedding it's about your performance yeah it kind of is you know what i'm saying like so you just like i don't and I, I think it'd be a lot more pressure in Nashville, too. Like most of the way uh, we did, we lived in Knoxville at the time. Yeah. And it's like Knoxville, it's different. Nashville, it's like everybody knows a recording right. artist. Like, like we could have got Ricky Skaggs exactly. as Joker. Right. And uh, guys, if you have to ask me or Ricky Skaggs to sing at your wedding, go with Skaggs. Go with Skaggs every, every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I even though, and I don't get nervous speaking, but I get nervous doing weddings. I, that's the one thing, weddings and funerals both, but weddings more. Yeah. Weddings, I manuscript every word. Okay. I don't, I don't, there's not. Yeah, a, you have the big book. Yep. I don't ad lib one thing. I don't preach that way, but I learned early on, like, I need to be able to say exactly because yeah. I'm always terrified of saying the wrong name. That's one thing. Like you've seen. As the one, groom is. One too many episodes of Friends yeah, to exactly. know this could ruin someone's <laughs> life, you know. Um, and then I've heard, I think the other thing is I've seen a lot of preachers really screw up weddings. Yeah. When they ad lib, I've seen preachers talk about someone's ex boyfriends or girlfriends. Oh, yeah. And, he, and at the sacred altar of matrimony, they're like making jokes about this kid. I never thought he'd get over Jennifer, yeah. but, sh but you did it, Sally. 
Yep, I've heard it. I've seen that exact thing happen. And then her face just sinks. And oh, you're like, oh, oh boy, gosh. that's over. Or someone make, uh, you know, make take my some, shrimp cocktail to go. Like, look, you don't make sex jokes at the altar. Oh yeah, I've seen like, that. Before oh my too. gosh, what are you doing? Everybody's family, parents, like, don't, you don't do like this right. is a no. That's for the reception. So if you're gonna try to be funny, Wait. it needs to be like here's the thing. I always tell the bride and the groom when we're doing the, the counseling, like, look, I will say some personal things. Yeah. Uh, if if I know them, you know, real well. And here's the thing. I will be perfectly willing to make the groom look bad, but I can promise you one thing. I will just say nothing but uplifting things for the bride. Yeah. And even the groom, it'll be charming. Like, But I'm not going to try to shame him or something. But, you know, it'll be kind of a, hey, you know, I knew this yeah, kid. Yeah, like a slug was, in the arm kind yeah. of a comment. But, yeah. but I'm not going to take any shots at the bride. Like, that's, yeah. it's just... It's just, I don't know. To me, think of the pressure she has to be under. To me, under. that is you caving to gender norms. <laughs> if you want real, ladies, if you want equality, you should be able to take a shot at the wedding. Maybe. Just like a guy. Maybe. I'll let that someone else give that, that shot. Everybody to pay- wants equality till the check comes, John. So you're saying for me to take down kidding. the patriarchy, yeah. I have to start making fun of brides. Yes. Okay. I get you. So, because I want to know where chivalry fits in with that. Because chivalry for me is still like, I don't know. I think I just want to be. Chivalry, yeah, is the chivalry like people love chivalry, but it's it goes hand in hand with patriarchy in a way because it kind of says like I'll be your, you be the damsel in distress, I'll be your savior or whatever. I'll open the door. You should never have to open a door. And after a while, they're like, Hey, open those doors for you. You know, it's like there's a there's like a a weird built in like code that comes along with all that. So I don't know. We're gonna unravel it here today on. Talk about oh, that. You want, what you want to hear is two white dudes talking about this. We're Absolutely. Gonna We're going to figure it out. No, I, I do think that there's there's roots to this stuff, though, and you just you, we do it without thinking, and then you go, oh, what, is this, what does this mean for the other person, though? Yeah, I think there's something to be said for asking what someone's comfortable with, you know? But some, listen, we both know that for as many people out there that are like, they want to be strong, independent, don't you dare try to open a door for me. There are a lot of women who like being taken care of. They like being... You know, they love chivalry. They like getting flowers. They like getting, you know, I like getting flowers. Give me flowers. <laughs> well, I'm not trying to, like, when I when I open the car door for my wife on a date, it's not because I think she can't. Yeah. Or I think she's weak. Or I think she needs my protection. Yeah. It's because I'm honoring her above myself. You, you're going to come. You're going to get out of the car, into the car first, and I'm going to walk around. I'm going to be the last one. So I think. But what something- if she were wanted to like lay her life down and honor you? Could she ever open your door? Would I don't that be think- that would be the weirdest thing that you ever saw. If you saw if if you came to church one day and saw the woman get out of her side and go open the door for the man, you would your jaw would hit the floor. That's what I'm saying. Is like then these norms are not normal. They're just yeah, norms. But, but and truthfully, I'm not saying this just because it's going to sound good. Oh boy. My wife already puts me first in every other thing of the of our entire lives. Like she, she is, and, and as an enneagram too, she's even made that way. But this is not because of our our gender roles. I know that. Like John, I, I'm I just could saying. not, I could not begin with some display of chivalry to to be to begin to ba- like I tell her, I tell her, like there's no balancing here. So I I have this desire to want to do things to serve because she serves us all mm-hmm. so well in a hundred different ways. Um, so I don't know. I think I think that's the key. Forget about the gender roles. I think the key to marriage, and everyone uses all the scriptures about um, submission, <laughs> husband to wife, wife to husband. They take it so out of context in so many ways, in my opinion. Because, and I think we've talked about this before, but if you really break down just number count, excuse me, word count, 
of the things that Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 to husbands and wives, which is where we freak out about wives submit to your husbands, and some guys especially really kind of hone in. And actually some women hone in on that too. Like yeah. There's a lot of that. And as a the way, if you really listen to what then Paul says the guy is supposed to do, that the husband's supposed to do, just word count wise, it's like triple the amount what the wife is supposed to do. And it is like so much more. Like if you really take it, listen, it's, and I think submission, by the way, the best definition I've ever heard is taking the divinely ordered place in a relationship. Certainly there's a service, a servitude uh, to both sides because it also says submit yourselves one, one to, to another. another. Yeah. And so – but this idea though of husbands love your wives – and my, my wife always say that if someone gets on the submission train, she's like, look, great. Let me ask you a question. Does your husband love you like Jesus loves the church? Like, right. If he that, did, then you're not going to worry. Is about that it. his goal? Yeah, you're you not. Know? The roles don't matter if you're really submitting one to another anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jesus serves me so much more than I serve him. I mean, that's the reality of this. Yeah. I don't breathe without him. He's thinking yeah. of me before I ever wake up. He's singing songs over me. He, like, there's so much to that, that if I was going to treat my wife like Jesus treats me, then I don't think we would have any sort of, it's not a, it's not a submission thing. It just means I serve more. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I'm supposed to serve submission more. Submission train is going to be my nickname if I'm a UFC fighter. <laughs> you're going to be tapping out because you're on the submission train now. Tonight, submission train versus COVID cough. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a war on the shore. Ivan COVID cough. Oh, my goodness. Um, I was happy not to have COVID. That was a yeah, good. it's a relief. It's like, uh, yeah, you go, all right, I survived. Because if I can get through, I didn't get sick at all last year. Like, not a sinus infection, no, not a cold. Neither. Me neither. And it's never happened in my life. Uh-uh. So, like, I'd get bronchitis twice a year since I'm a kid. Right. I missed 30 days of school a year when I was a kid with asthma stuff and bronchitis. Yeah. So I just have a history of illness. So I just thought this will be, I'll get the COVID. Hopefully it won't be a major, co- and I didn't get it. And now it's like the tail end, it will start, cases are dropping. Now if I get it, it's just like. What are you doing? Yeah, you're like, like, I don't want to get to the end of this and then get it. It's like all quiet in the Western Front. The guy dies like the day the war ends. You know, uh, that kind of so. I didn't Not that, that you're going to die. I mean like that. Wow. Sorry to mean to give it away too in the book if you hadn't read it. No, I haven't. It's, it's World War One. You should, it shouldn't be a spoiler anymore. But anyway. It's a classic, Johnny. <laughs> Maybe you should broaden your horizons and watch less Netflix, you goof. I don't mean like dying. I mean though, like if you got it, you'd be, oh man, I was this close to the, because uh, we're going to be fine if we get it, Johnny. Uh, Everything's going to be fine. Okay. I mean, I trust the Lord. So, I don't want to get it though. No, I would like to not get it. That would be I- ideal. I'm going to get on a plane, and so that'll be that makes it weird. But yeah, I'm going. I'm traveling to Milwaukee, and then I'm traveling from Milwaukee to Myrtle Beach because my agent doesn't own a globe. Are you? I'm assuming that's another flight. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm doing shows. Well, I'm getting off in Milwaukee, and then I'm renting a car, hanging around there. No. I got shows in uh, like Chicago area and then Green Bay, so Milwaukee's kind of the halfway between the two. Yeah. So I'm doing those two shows, and then on Sunday, Sunday I'll fly to Myrtle Beach, South hmm. Carolina. Hey, listen, man, I will let your agent book whatever. I no, mean, that's con- why I would say that. Just yeah. like there's no routing at this point. You just say yes, and then you yeah. ask how much money. Yeah. Yes, I'm coming. <laughs> and then you find out later. Oh, it was for twelve dollars and a piece of pizza. Hey, that's, how, that's Scarlet Thread pay right there. That is. That's good. That's a raise for us. Oh, my goodness. Those were the days, John. Hey, they were good days, you know? Yeah, I had a, a little moment yesterday. I almost sent you a video. I posted it on my Facebook, but you don't have it on Facebook anymore, right? No, I'm not. 
I was on there because uh, I was just looking at a video and then a video, a shared video. And they go, also, you may like this video. It was a Ben Rector video. You know Ben Rector. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. Yeah. Local artist. But he, uh, had a, he has a song called uh, Old Friends. And it's a, he's had the, the song's been out for whatever, how many ever years, three or four years. It was on his last record. But he did a version of it during COVID where he went to a garage of, it might have been his garage, but he had his old band that he wrote that, that the song was basically about, his high school band. They all got back together. Wow. And so he pl- they played that song together and they've shot a video of it. And so it starts out just the front of the garage and he's in the driveway. And they're standing waiting on him. And then he goes in. They've all taken their instruments. And he gets in front of the piano. And then it starts to slowly zoom in. And then as the song lyrics start happening, if you don't know anything about the song, it'll talk about so-and-so gotten this many fights. And I remember the, the numbers to this person's house by memory. And then it slowly shows the phone number. So it's got all these little touches. And it just made me, like, misty-eyed thinking wow. of our band, you know, yeah. like. And because uh, it is that, that connection. But it was a kind of a cool concept for a video because it's a very, like, low-cost way to do it. But it was just kind of a cool yeah. A way to do a video. Anyway. Yeah, I found uh, an old, I had to go through some things. I found our first record, like the, I think the Soup record. Oh. Yeah. With the 11th hour yeah. pasta letters floating in the tomato oh, soup. Geez, yeah. That was a bad, that was a bad album. Yeah. That was bad. We weren't very good. Actually. We got better. But- we got better and the producer was horrible. Like, in yeah. retrospect, we should have been like, oh. Do you want to say this? I don't remember. I don't want to. No, I know, no, I know, I know. you love calling out the producers. but Well, they deserve it. They should have behaved better. Yeah, but it's okay. That's the old, uh, I don't know who said that, uh, Anne Lamott, maybe? She talked about when she writes her books. Yeah. She's like, if people don't want to be talked bad about in my books, they should have behaved better. <laughs> <laughs> There's a truth. There's a truth to it. Uh, Did I tell you that my entire back looks like someone hit it with a baseball bat? You did. You said you fell like an old man. So I had like this snow. This is the all quiet on the western front because the ice was over. Yeah, it was over. Well, the snow was melting. See, that's the key. There's a layer we had underneath. This ice first, then we had all the snow. Mm-hmm. And so I've been walking across that snow drift, taking my dogs down and stuff. And so one night I go out and not realizing that the snow had melted and the ice remained. <sighs> Won't that Come bridge. on, guys. Come on. Some of you in your lives. <laughs> And I went down like a sack of dirt and I went right into this huge, uh, these two huge planters, Mm -hmm. rounded planters. And I just, my back, the the edge of the planter just went, I mean, straight down. And I held Brutus in one hand and didn't hurt him. Did it like break any ribs or bruise any? uh, I thought maybe, at first I thought I may have broken a rib or bruised a kidney and I haven't had any, it just is a big purple nasty thing that I feel, but I can't run. And this is the perfect weather. Oh, yeah. Like if I, I try to the... jog in place a little bit, it hurts mm-hmm. so bad because I have a lot of, I don't know, um, residual on... energy. What did uh, you, you call it? Your, your jiggle rate? The jiggle rate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been on the bike trail. It's been beautiful. But yeah, like you said, it's a false start. So now it's going to be awful. Normally, when it gets warm, unseasonably warm in February in Nashville, it means tornado sirens are coming. Yeah. Because it's just the weird fronts and all the things. I don't know the jet str- I don't know how it all works, but I just know that when it's 70 degrees in February, get to your cellar usually yeah i wish someone out there as a listener would donate to me a generac system uh for my house that you've got an ionization machine yeah already but i can't that electrifies the air in some way that you're denying the science of you're wearing eight masks right now as we do this podcast now you want 
Now you want... I've lost electricity so you've much. You've got a heated pool. I don't have a heated oh, pool. My goodness. My pool's not heated. It doesn't have a heater. My pool's only four and a half feet deep. Why, do you, why even have it? <laughs> what kind of a loser? I didn't build it. It was there when I bought the house. So, hey, you know the bushes around the pool? They're gone. You did it. Thanks John. to Seth Warden. No, I don't know if he listened or not. No more leaves. Thanks no more to leaves. I couldn't get, get motivated. Yeah. And so we or have as some... I like to say, rake and care of business. <laughs> I, I begged him to use that. As a... Didn't you go with get motivated too? No, no, that was him. Oh, okay. Rake and care of business was mine. There was another couple that I did, but he just didn't. And they never caught on. And it's a bummer. Oh, and now his business suffers because of and During the snow, it was plowing night and day. Well, my goodness, it was the biggest snow we've had in what? So you go out, you get the equipment. He told me like you rent the equipment and then you have to like pay your guys and then whatever comes out of that, that yeah. you, you know, you're, you're making deals with the apartment complexes and the water because they don't want to get sued. Yeah. So they're all like, hey, we're getting ready to open our business, but we have to clear this parking lot or we're, people are going to slip and fall and then they're going to own Food City or whatever. I don't, again, it's not like I'm saying he's an opportunistic whatever. It's wow. good. It's good that he was there to provide a, a service. service. Yeah. It's chivalrous, you might I'm say. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure glad I didn't say anything about him. Oh, Except that I love you, Seth, and... I don't. Care, I don't care what you do. This money's changed him, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, guys, hey, thanks for uh, hanging out with us uh, for a few minutes today. We had to hit so many heavy issues for so long. Yeah, and uh, I think we're trying. We're all recovering a little bit. We want to recover. People a little are bit. a little gun shy. Wanna... If they think you're getting heavy, I wonder if people fast forward. I don't know. Is there any way to extract any metrics on how long people listen and for what? I think you can do that sometimes. Well, they fast forwarded through the. You know, you have access to all these things. No, as I well. don't. I don't know. It, it, Listen, John, I'm just, here. I show up and I make the show pop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> well, uh, and listener, we think that you've made the show pop today because mm. what is a show without listeners? It's, it's just me and Johnny talking into a, the ether. It's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> it's our podcast <laughs> in particular. Hey, but hey, head on over to our website. It's talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Yeah. You can find out. Uh, it's all of our archive shows linked, over 150 episodes. And you can uh, go to our Patreon, learn how you can help contribute to the show, help us make more great content like this, or even better. Maybe it'll get even better. With your help, we vow to get even better, if that's possible. <laughs> if it's possible. Yeah. Remind you guys, too, we got a regeneration recovery program that's going to be uh, virtual that anybody can be a part of. So if you want to go over to churchatpleasantgrove.com, and go to regeneration or recovery that tab. You can sign up. That's that's coming up in early March. If you um, wherever you are in the country, you can be a part of that or in the world mm. um, because we're going to be having that virtual. Such so a great opportunity if you're inter- interested in a twelve step program that I just came through. It's really great. So, um, other than that, man, make sure you keep uh, looking out. If you have not gone yet. Mm-hmm. And watch Johnny's drive. Oh special. yeah, my drive bar special yeah. on the app, and I think it may be on their website too. I know it's on Vid Angels website. It's on their like front page. Yeah. So Vid Angels a website where they kind of like take the foul language and whatever filters you want to take out of your popular shows. And my comedy special is on there since it's one of their products, uh, Dry Bar Special. So go to vidangel.com. You can go to Dry Bar app on your in the app store and watch the whole special for free. Sweet. Yeah. Go watch it. And, uh, share it. Share it, man. And it makes a difference. So, hey, you make a difference for us, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week on Talk About That.
found myself on a ledge, three stories high, at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.